Hey, I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Our live events are awesome. They are such a great time, and we have such a great group of people showing up to our clinic gym hybrid live events. Now, these will be offered all throughout the country, so find a date and location that works well for you. What do we cover there? Well, the good news is you're going to get 12 CE credits in most states for covering all the aspects of regressions and progressions and finding the perfect rehab for the right client. It's not a just sit down and watch PowerPoints presentation. It is a hands-on seminar, maybe even hands-on ground seminar. You will be moving and exercising and working and actively finding the perfect exercise and rehab for your patients while we're there. We give you tons of tips and abilities to use on Monday. In fact, one of the most common things are these systems and processes were amazing, and I can't wait to use them on Monday. That's one of the most common forms of feedback we hear all about our coursework. So it's a two-day seminar, usually Saturday and Sunday, but check out clinicgymhybrid.com and look at our live event page to find the education that works well for you. Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. I am so glad you're here. It is our goal to help 10,000 offices build into a clinic gym. Why? It's the best version of musculoskeletal care, and it's the only version that's perfectly in line with the evidence. The word exercise comes up more than any other word in the research, so let's implement that. And this interview was built to help you understand how to do that. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. This is part two of my incredible interview with Dr. Justin Rabinowitz. Justin, what's up, my man? Happy to be back. Well, we never really left for those. We just cut this this, uh, recording in the middle, and I really appreciate it. The original plan on part one was to talk about referrals, workshops, and the sales process. We ended up talking all about the sales process. So if you have not listened to that, I would say that it's imperative for your career as a rehab chiropractor that you listen to that interview with Justin. Uh, But Justin, we talked about sales and getting people to that assessment. And then we talked about how to actually sell uh, your example. And that one was an 18 visit care plan. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved your language around that. I thought you had some great tips. But now let's talk about the side of how to get people in the office, right? How how can a rehab chiropractor, somebody that's like, listen, I'm TPI trained. I do McKinsey. I do the SFMA. I'm FMS certified. I'm you know, uh, believe in exercise for every patient, the people that you and I totally jive and, and dig, how can we get more people in their office for the opportunity to get more paying clients, right? Yeah. So I want to dive into some marketing stuff real quick before we move on. Again, if this is people's first time listening, give a little background of where you are, who you are, and how they can get a hold of you. Yeah. So in New Jersey, we've got three clinics. Uh, I founded the first one, Strive to Move, in 2015. It does rehab uh, chiropractic. I have another practice from a partner in with Dr. Allison Heffron. Um, It's called Adjust Your Performance, which is rehab chiropractic and acupuncture. And then we also have a functional medicine business. And then now, you know, my big focus is on helping rehab chiropractors all over the country and world. Uh, We now have a Canadian and potentially an Australian. So all over the world, build their practice and make more money and practice exactly how they want. So you can find me on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz or on my podcast, uh, Business School for the Rehab Chiropractor. Fantastic. All right. So jumping in, uh, rehab chiropractors, you know, we're in this for the the long game. We want to see people thrive. We want to see people do really well, which means we typically don't want to do the normal marketing of, uh, hey, $29 special, come in, get x-rays and blah, blah, blah. And we'll review those x-rays and this, this and that. I think one common thread through all rehab chiropractors I know is they love education, right? They, they 
almost to our detriment sometimes. We take too much education. We love education, but we're also usually typically good educators. And uh, can you can you talk a little bit of what you've learned about the marketing side of using that to your advantage? Yeah. So I'll start by saying this. Uh, like all of this for both of us, we usually learn more by failing than by winning. And um, about four years ago, I was doing tons of workshops specifically at gyms and specifically at CrossFit gyms. And I was going every weekend doing a workshop and nothing would come of it. And it was like, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Do I stop? Is it a waste of time? Like probably so many people out there heard this story before. And I arrived at the conclusion that, oh, CrossFit patients uh, just aren't good patients for us. Like it's not our demographic. We got to find something else. I I did a, a series, a six-week series of presenting at a running club. And I remember at the end of it, probably, so let's say I started doing it and six weeks later, maybe I got one or two patients that most likely would have come in anyways. You know, I, I knew them uh, tertiarily, like they already had connection with me. And I remember a couple, like a couple months later, I got all these thank you notes. It was like the president of the running club, the, the treasurer of the running club, like handwritten thank you notes was super nice. And I remember sitting there holding five thank you notes and I go, oh, well, I got more thank you notes than I got patients. Yeah. I hope these, uh, can I just stuff these into, you know, my bank deposit tonight and get some good vibe checks because I got to write some <laughs> utility bills. Yeah. It, it kind of sucked, but it, it sucks to say, like, you're not doing them for thank you notes, although you will get those if you get, if you set up the system, get patience as well. Yeah. And then same thing we would get, oh, that was great. We loved it, all of that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but you know, like all of us do, right? Um, now, looking back, what I realized was like so many things in life, it wasn't them, it was me. And the bottom line was I didn't understand the essence and the nuance of why I was there, how to communicate with them, and what really the goal of that hour-long seminar was. And so if you're wondering what that means, basically, if you're out there and you're going and doing foam rolling seminars or you're doing uh, seminars at gyms and you're showing them three exercises to take with them, I promise you you're wrong. And I, and I can explain why, but you're wrong. Like, and, pa- Pause and here's for a second deal, to right? let that one sink yeah. in. All right. You're wrong. So, <laughs> I want right. people to hear that because I don't want them to skip over that in the podcast because that is the natural tendency of everybody that has a ton of education. It, I'm just going to share information and people will fall in love with me. Yeah. And uh, turns out that doesn't work when you're sitting next to a woman at a bar. I don't know if you've ever tried <laughs> just dumping information about yourself or your background. It, it does not sway them. Okay. <laughs> and it doesn't work when you're trying to get patients at a workshop. It just doesn't work as hard as that pill is to swallow. Right. I'm not, I don't want to act like we're uh, flippant and being like, yeah, everybody knows that it doesn't help. It, it came from a long line of a lack of success to realize it doesn't work. So let's, t- you know, let's pursue what does. Well, not only does not it work, it doesn't work from a business standpoint, it actually doesn't work from a clinical standpoint if we really think about it, even though people are like, oh, this guy's a jerk and he doesn't care about the clinical, but maybe you're the jerk. Um, think about this for a second. If you're going to a seminar and we have 15 people, it's me, Josh, it's you, it's your family, it's your cousin, it's 10, 15 people in there. If we go back and break down the essence of being a rehab chiropractor, in my opinion, it isn't just that we do exercise. For us at our practice, it's that we do individualized, specifically assessment and treatment to help people find the actual real cause of their problem rather than at the typical physical therapy office where they have back pain and they get this set of exercise and they have knee pain and they get this set of exercises. There's no skill to that. It's just very protocol driven. 
And so if we're trying to be in our world, like very specific, get to the root cause of the problem and make sure that we're doing the right assessment with people. If you go into a seminar with 15 people with back pain in it and you give them glute bridges and hip hinges and core bracing and breathing, you've just done exactly the opposite of, of what you what you believe in. You've just been the PT, but worse because it's with 15 people. And, and if you think about it clinically, What's even worse than that is you have people that are raising their hand like, I have a problem. I'm coming to a back pain seminar. And you're going to give them these exercises and you're going to tell them that these are going to work and they're going to leave. And for most of them, it isn't going to work. And now you run the risk of them thinking they're not fixable. And so at that point, to me, you've done potentially the worst clinical thing you've ever done, make people lose hope. When the reality is, it's not that they have a, it's not that they have a problem that isn't solvable. It's that you didn't do right by them to communicate that it isn't the exercises that's going to fix it. It's the right exercise and the right assessment. Yeah, I had a mentor one time told me if information was a solution, anybody that has access to YouTube should have six pack abs and be making half a million dollars a year because there's all the information I had to both of those repeatedly on on YouTube. I teach the SFMA. All the information in the SFMA is probably on YouTube. Can you find an SLR and how to do a lumbar lock test? Absolutely. Can you find different ways to measure dorsiflexion? I'm sure there's some on YouTube that I don't even consider, right? So why why doesn't it work? Why do people still have pain? Or why, you know, why is there still an issue? And I think you bring up a good point. It's not just pure information. Right. And so if we start, if we start with that premise that clinically, I don't think it's the right thing for people. Um, now we can go back a step, and then the question is, well, what the heck do we actually do? Going back to the first step, I believe, to sort of solving any problem is number one, building awareness; two, that they actually have a problem; number two, that you can solve it; and number three, of what has to happen in order for you to solve it. And so, number one, they're at the seminar. So. There are many people, and again, think about, I'm sure you've heard it before. Hey, how you doing today, Sally? Oh yeah, fine, just the normal pain, right? We get so many people that go to seminars and it's like, how many of you guys think that have had pain for like 15, 20 years and you're just living with it, right? Like that's almost everyone. And so step one is our, us saying, listen, that's not normal, right? Don't accept the fact that you have pain in your shoulder every single time your arm goes over your head or every time you bend over, your back goes out or that we have to first draw the awareness like this is not okay. Because again, if you think about it, no one's going to come see you in your office, specifically if you're more expensive, if they just believe they're always going to have the problem. So that's the first thing. You have to go in and make sure that they understand that part of it. The next part of it is we have to open up a loop, we call it, in their brain that for the most part, the people that are at these seminars have done PT, have done Cairo, have done all these other things. And if they view us, we call this value for unique solution, which I taught at Parker. If they view us as the same as those people, of course, they're not going to come to see us, right? In fact, a lot of times in those situations, they are already going to Cairo's and PT's concurrently. And so how's your Cairo? Oh, he's a really nice guy. It's great. Yeah, but how do you feel? Well, my back still hurts. They just think that's normal because the Cairo hasn't communicated with them and they get 30 insurance visits, so they just keep going. And, and they're doing the thing that they think will change. I attend the chiropractor office, therefore I should not have back pain. So they're like, oh, I guess that just means either my back pain is really bad, you know, it's, it's set in there, or they never consider like, oh, we might do something different. 
It's exactly. like, I'm doing the right actions here. Exactly, exactly. And so, so again, step one is making them aware that they have a problem that's fixable. And number two is drawing awareness, so we call it to start to separate ourselves and what our potential solution could be versus the other options that they have tried or are currently trying and why it's probably in their best interest to come and at least give us a chance. And so the next part is, so how do you do that? Well, it doesn't mean we don't do exercises during the event, but we do not under any circumstance let them believe that that is the fix-all and the cure-all for the problem. And so to get more specific here, and I'm happy to share this, like the two things that we find that are the most sort of objective for people is number one, does it hurt? And number two, is it the same on both sides? So we say pain and asymmetry. So as an example for our rehab guys out there, girls out there, if we go into a seminar, an average just Justin five years ago would have done 90-90 stretch of their hips, like a shin box type of stretch. And he would have said, if you have back pain, this is going to loosen up your glutes. It's going to help your back feel better. That awful, right? Now it's like, hey, we're going to put you in this position. That was just that was broke, Justin. Broke, Justin. Talking, trying to stay more broke. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now it's, hey, we're going to put you in this position. We're going to do it on both sides. And here's what I want you to pay attention to. We know that people that have low back pain typically have differences. It's called an asymmetry from side to side. So the first thing what you do is when you go in this 99, you're going to lean forward. And first thing is if you feel pain, that's wrong. Like if you feel pain, raise your hand, come talk to me after class. Like that's not normal if you have pain. But the second thing I want you to pay attention to is we're going to do this on the right and the left. And even if you don't have pain, if you feel a difference on side to side, make a note of that. Because we know that if you don't have back pain yet, there's a very good chance that you will later. All of a sudden, we've changed. We again, we haven't told them anything about what to do, how to solve it. We've just draw, drew their awareness to the fact that okay, this doesn't hurt, but why do I still have a problem, and why potentially down the line am, is this going to get worse? All of a sudden, we've opened that loop for them to think about potentially that, huh, this is interesting. Maybe there's something I should do about this. Uh, so, so you are doing the same thing in the workshop, the shin box, but what you're sharing is not why this is awesome, right? Why the shin box is awesome. What you're sharing instead is what do I know as a provider? What does my expertise tell me about the shin box and your body? Right. Clearly delineating because anybody could give the shin box, right? Like if a personal trainer could give it a rehab Cairo, a PT, hell, you're High school strength coach might know it, right? But what's the delineation there? And so you're setting that example for them, right? right? Yeah. Okay. And 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 then again in a group setting, what's nice, right? And it's like this is how we start saying how it's so individual. How many of you guys have pain on the right side? Raise your hand. You have a couple. How many have pain on the left side? Raise your hand. A few. How many have have pain in your back with this? So. All of you guys just illustrated, we gave you the same, all of you the same exercise and everyone had a different response. And this is where we kind of, you know, poo-poo on YouTube. Hey, listen, we always say, this is the exercise. You just saw that it's not going to work the same for each person. And we always joke that if YouTube had all the answers and gave everyone the right exercises, we wouldn't have a job. But obviously we've just seen, you just showed yourselves that it isn't just about getting the exercise. We actually have to understand what person's going to respond to different exercises. And that's exactly what we do at our private practice. (laughs) I remember I was at, to to that point, I was doing a golf workshop at our, 
at our gym. And I didn't have the skills you had about what to say, right? But I did happen to ask the question one time, how many of you have tried a swing drill from the pages of Golf Digest, which is the number one magazine yeah. in golf? You know, 90% of the hands go up, right? There's probably 25 guys in the room. 95% of the hands go up. All right. And how many of you say it improved your swing? <laughs> like all the hands go down and they're like, yeah, oh, it yeah. screwed me up. I spent 2000 bucks on lessons to fix that change. I never should have read that. You know, and there's one guy going, oh, no, it worked for me. And I think, yeah, the same thing is true in the physical body, right? Like randomly doing glute bridges worked for one person's back pain who read about it in men's health. And they're like, oh, I never had back pain after that. But just the chances of that are so low. Right. You know, so, all right. So you have them do a shin box and you, as, as an example, shin box exercises are 90-90 position for those listening. And you explain, you, you demonstrate some expertise, right? Right. What's the what's the next step or what's the end goal here? So the end goal and and probably should back up because I know you we mentioned this briefly last time. When we're doing our intro, one of the main things, sort of the key here, is to help people understand and help them to sort of start to think a little bit differently. Because what we'll say at the beginning of a seminar is, hey, so many of you guys came here because you've had back pain. And what we're going to do today, we're going to do a set of three exercises that we find tend to, and here's the key, tend to help the majority of our back pain patients. Now, many of you are going to do the exercises today, and it's going to be absolutely everything that you need. However, there's going to be about 25% of you that are going to say, I just need more help than this. And if that's one, if that's you, just come and talk to me after class. And then we just get into it, right? So we're, we're prefacing it by saying we are going to show you exercises. And for most of you, you're probably going to be fine with it. It isn't that bad. You kind of go and take that. But there are going to be a few of you here that are going to, and as we get into it, that are going to have asymmetries, that their back is going to hurt when they do 90-90 and it shouldn't, that they've tried this before and it hasn't worked, or they feel some other weird ache and pain. And if you feel some of that stuff, then this isn't specific enough for you. You need more. And guess what? We're the ones to help you with that. And we pre we preframe the whole seminar under that pretense, under yeah. that pretense. But you're also taking pressure off of it. Going, you're you're not telling the person that moves well and feels good that you need to see us too. Because I think that's again going back in part one. We talked a little bit about confidence levels. I think sometimes when people don't have that confidence, they don't want to feel like they're pushing everybody towards the sale. Yet those same people want to save the person who's really struggling. You know what I mean? Like if they know that person's really hurting, most of the rehab chiropractors I know would be like, let, let me help you out, whatever you need, blah, blah, blah. But they're also nervous to offer that to every person. And, and what you're doing is you're setting up a filter to go, no, 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 no. You, as soon as you can come into my office, let's work together because I want to see you feeling better, playing better golf. And even more, And even more than that, Josh, I think in that situation, you're letting them take take onus on it. I'm not going up to them and saying, you should come see me unless it's like, I, I mean, I guess I would, but what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do is say like, here, you're going to go through the seminar. And you know, if you think you need some more help, you come talk to me, right? If the sale quote unquote is very easy, if they're like, Hey, I think I need you. Well, like, yeah. okay, let's go on Monday. That was the sale. Like there's not much more than that. We, we sometimes think it has to be this very hard process, but going back, if the messaging is correct, that person will sort of sell themselves. Um, you know, for my, for my mastermind group last week, I got on a call with a guy and he starts talking about like, Oh, you know, when I'm in the group and when I do this and when I do this, and then he stops and he goes, 
I'm like selling myself right now. So let's just do this. And I was like, yeah, all right, we're good. Like I didn't have to do anything, <laughs> but, but that's the goal, right? If we yeah. can, if we can communicate in a way and give them information and do things that they're going to be like, I need to come see you. When can I come in? Well, great. I'm, I'm, I don't have to like make up some crazy sales process. Right. Like it's Wolf of Wall Street here. Right. Oh, yeah. So you repeat this, you start with this line and do you mix it in the middle? We sort of seed it throughout, right? So we'll say, okay. listen, hey, if you're doing 90-90 and you notice a pinch in the front of your hip, that could be the first sign of having some sort of hip impingement. That's not normal. That's not a normal stretch. If you're having that, definitely come speak to me after class. Okay. And, cool. and I think there, if that, again, if that's salesy, and sometimes I think we need to be empathetic, if you have 15 people in a seminar, most people, when they go to do that 90-90 and lean over the front side and they get an anterior pinch, they're going to say, oh, it's I feel a stretch. Now, we know clinically that like that's not normal. Like You should feel a stretch in your piriformis yeah. glute posterior hip. If someone comes, to, like, comes in and has that issue, I'm concerned, right? Mm. Because that's not going to end well. Maybe mm-hmm. not now, maybe not in 10 years, maybe not in 20, but if they do nothing about that, realistically, they're already showing signs of impingement, which we know down the line, 20, 30, 40 years, like impingement keeps getting worse. Like they're probably going to need a, a new hip. Now, the general population has no concept of that. Zero. And if we don't tell them, who is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So in this workshop, you, you preface with this kind of plan, this filter, you mix it in throughout. Yeah. You're still doing active stuff, right? You might be demonstrating the, the thing or you might be doing foam rolling or whatever. Yep. So you're not saying to not do that, but you're just saying to make sure people understand why or what's abnormal. That'd be, that, that'd be a good thing is what would be abnormal and why that's so important to come see you. And right? why they basically, hey, why should I, ra- I'm at the seminar. Why should I raise my hand and say, I need your help? Right. Have you found a... Uh, logistically, length of time, number of stretches or exercises or whatever, where you're like, this is the sweet spot. So the first thing that we've found is less, less is more, okay. right? We used to say up to 15 people in a seminar, but what we realized very quickly was 15 is significantly too many. And honestly, if we could do five to six and do multiple seminars, because at that point we can go and give people a little more attention, a little more one-on-one, correct them a little bit more and do that. And so if you told me, I have a, I have a group of 10 people. Do you want to do a seminar? I'd say, no, I want to do two, two seminars for five people each, because I, I think the more attention I can give each person, the better off, better chance I have to get them in the door. The other Mm -hmm. thing is logistically at best practice for us is always sending out some sort of a survey beforehand right? Because we want to know going in. And this is like, this is something that someone told me once. I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of that? If someone fills something out on a survey of like, hey, have you gone to the Cairo? Have you done PT? You're having back pain. And it's like, yeah, I'm going now. I'm not getting any better. All of that. I'm going to go in the seminar. and I'm going to focus on them, right? I'm going to spend more time. Not everyone's sort of created equally. That person needs help. And so if there's five people in a seminar and two of them are having active back pain that are going somewhere else right now, I'm going to give them more attention than the three that are just, no, I'm just here because my wife left and I got nothing else to do. Like, that's great. Like I'm here. I'll entertain you. That's fine. But like to your point before, at the end of the day, number one, I want to get business. And number two, these people actually need my help. I love that. 
Yeah. How about time-wise? Is it 45 minutes? Is it an hour? Is it half hour? Yeah, usually I think an hour. I mean, we actually had great, the probably the best one we ever did, um, hard logistically, because it's a commitment. We yeah. did a four-week bulletproof shoulder seminar. I think each one is either 30 minutes or an hour. But by the end of that, um, where it was about 12 people that signed up and I think seven or eight of them became patients, which, you know, at our price points was like a $50,000 event. And you figure at that, you have four chances to sort of communicate with them, bring them through it. And if they're continuing to show up there, you know, they're probably gonna be pretty good patients for you. So yeah, if you it. can do, if you can do that, I would say if you can do that, do that. But again, that becomes a logistic thing with people having enough time mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. the setup. And the, so, um, you know, we always say in our world, step one is getting butts in seats. Like you could be the best, you could do everything I'm saying, but if no one's there, it's not going to work. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you have to sort of weigh that as well. All right. So let me just review and recap here. So number one, you announce the time and place and you're going to limit the, it sounds like you're going to limit it to no more than 12, but you'd rather limit it to five or six. Single digits, I think would be yeah, best. Yeah, single digits. Be okay. Multiple. Number two, uh, a series, a short series, four weeks maybe is better than a single, right? But um, it's, uh, but if you, if you only have the logistics to do one, that's fine. Like, yeah, it's fine. Number two or number point number three, Send out a pre-survey. Yes. All right. Give me a couple questions on that survey. Like, you are say, you, are you doing- have you done chiropractic and physical therapy in the past? Are you currently having back pain? Okay. Right. Cool. How you know how long you've been a member of this gym? What yeah. what do you what what exercise do you struggle most with at the gym? What are you looking to get out of the seminar? Okay. So maybe five or six questions of yeah. general general. Where like are that. they at? Okay. Then during the time you 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 start off with that uh, point number four is you start off with that question or that statement. 80% of you won't need this, but for right. the 20% that do, blah, blah, blah. And then you go into the movements and say, here's something that's weird, pain, asymmetry. Yep. Here's what that means. That means you should come see me, essentially, right? Essentially, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. The- At the end of that, how do you wrap it up or what statement do you make to make that final push of what we would call a call to action in marketing, yeah. right? Like yeah, sign up now or I'll- click here to subscribe. So I'll go through that. And at the end, I want to talk about the other question I get a lot is paid or unpaid. Okay. Um, so will do that at the end. Um, so call to action. So this is another point that if you're at home taking notes, and this is completely, it doesn't make any sense, but this is how it works. If it's free, if it's free, you have to sell it more. We think that everyone wants free. And so at the end of our seminars, we, you know, our system is we'll offer what we call a free discovery visit. And that's how every patient comes in our office, but free is invaluable, right? People pay, mm-hmm. they pay attention. Mm-hmm. And so we, if we go in and say, oh, I hope you had a great time. And if, you know, if, you, if you're interested, some of you guys that are having pain, um, you know, we offer a free discovery visit. Just talk to me after. Thank you so much and walk away. Nobody's going to take it. There's no value, hmm. right? Free, you have to sell. It's, it's, the, it's the craziest thing in the world. And this is where, as I've understood this more about the difference between, to your point earlier on, like when people, you know, they, they have skin in the game, they make the commitment, honor them type of thing. Like as much as we're afraid of money, people that pay for things, it's more valuable to them. And so we want to get them in the door with this free assessment, this free discovery visit, which means so let that- Let me just, yeah. I just want to clarify for people if they're listening at home. You're at the workshop, and what you're trying to move people to is coming to your office for a free assessment. So there's multiple steps. I want to stop because I think some people assume I'm going to do a workshop, and people are going to sign up for a paid appointment, a new patient appointment. 
and you're putting a halfway point in there, right? Like, hey, let me just physically get you in my office, but it's just this discovery session. There's no pressure. I, I, I'm going to guess there's a lot of layers there, one of which is if they commit to physically putting their feet in your office, that is a huge psychological step, maybe more than paying some money, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I think some people who are not as, um, you know, they're, they're like, the reason car dealerships and stuff say come down for free hot dogs and balloons for your kids, they just want your feet in that dealership because the chance of you buying a car from them just rose 10,000%, right? Yes. Yep. I, I don't know if, this is one of those marketing things like you and I have read like the the Dan Kennedys and the, you know, Paul Goff and all these things like people don't, we don't learn that in school. But physically being in your office, or if somebody stops by your front desk to schedule, they just walk in, that is a different person by long shot than who's calling on the phone. Like, let yep. the phone freaking ring, handle that person in front of you. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and it's good that, that you sort of stopped me there because we think, we again, our price is 300 bucks. Like, to go from seeing me for an hour in a seminar to say, yeah, I'll give you 300, like, nah, I don't know. I don't know, Yeah. right? That, okay. That's, to your point, that's an extra step. That's a lot of mm-hmm. commitment. And okay. so- we basically, at the end of the seminar, we're going to go through and say, hey, we know that most of you, you know, came. We appreciate you being here. Um, and, and most of you got exactly what you need. But as I walked around today and showed you, there was going to be a few of you that probably needed more help. And here's what we decided that we decided to do. We're going to open up a, quite a few slots next week, three slots, pick a number um, that are going to be for a free discovery visit. And then, and then we very specifically go in for a few minutes of like what's going to happen on the discovery visit. And the essence of the conversation is it has to be the most amazing thing that's ever happened. Like, I can't believe we're doing this. This is wild. Like the fact that we're offering this to you, you're going to get questions answered. This is what's going to happen detail by detail by detail by detail Mm -hmm. by detail. So that it's like, oh, wow, I really should do this. They have to understand at the end of that conversation, again, we all think, because we all have like money issues that free, everyone will take you up on it. it ain't going to happen, right? You yeah. got to you gotta sell it. You got to sell the free. Okay, cool. So you move people. In your experience, Justin, once you've kind of practiced this, and I don't know if you have this in your, in your you, you've had some of your clients practice this in the uh, business, what do you call it? I'm sorry. Your, Cairo, uh, our mastermind. Yeah, our mastermind Cairo thing. Biz 101 and our mastermind program. Yep. For every 10 people that go through a workshop, what are people seeing as getting people into their office? It's a good question. We So there's a guy, I'll shout him out because it's actually how he found me. Um, this exact story, his name is Mike Tonry. He's in Florida, rehab Cairo through and through. And when I first met him, met him on Instagram, um, he was doing a CrossFit seminar and I DM'd him and I said, like, how did it go randomly? And he's like, yeah, it was cool. Like the, the, the I response. They're always cool. And I kind of said like, and that's, we started talking and I was like, yeah, I used to do those too and not get any results. And he's like, wow, that's me. Long story short, long story short, he's done. And I've saw clips of what he does and I can tell he's actually a very good speaker. He just didn't really know what the heck to do. And, um, he, in the last two, I think he did two seminars, 10 people a piece. Between the two, I think at least six discovery visits on each. So 12 potential opportunities. And again, he, he's good speaker. He didn't know what the heck to say, but he's very good. And the line actually uh, that he uses um, often that I really like is, you know, we don't believe that like age we don't believe that age is an excuse type of thing. And so he's going to speak to CrossFitters and he's like, so many people come in here and say, oh, my left hip is bad. It's because I'm getting old. And it's like, we won't accept that. And so all of a sudden he's basically speaking to these people of like, yeah, my back hurts because I'm old. And he's going in 
like, listen, that ain't okay. And, uh, and so he's done a really good job, six out of 10, both times discovery visits. And I think that if you nail it, right, if you nail it, that's, that can be pretty good. Now, if you don't nail it, you can get three, two, four. I mean, I've seen, I've seen anywhere from a good job of 50 plus percent, 60% down to 20% based on that. And so, um, it can, it can go, but, you know, but looking way. at a, let's say 20% conversion rate, that that's not a bad, uh, that's not bad for somebody just running the system. Hell no. I mean, but think about it, right? It, it goes back to prices, right? Let's just say your lifetime value of a client, let's pick a number is 2000. Mm-hmm. Let's say, let's say you get two out of 10 actually become patients. And so now I would say one hour of my time is worth $4,000. Mm-hmm. Well, you tell me if your rate was 4,000 an hour, Doing pretty damn well in my book, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I'm also trying to manage expectations. Like, again, uh, I think some people think oh, I'm going to do a workshop, and 100 percent of those people are going to come patients. Uh, that's just not how it goes. But 20 percent of them showing up to your office for a discovery session is a good. It's great. A good changeover rate. And you're saying you're running this workshop at a different location, at a gym or something like that. We we honestly we've talked about in our. We we just got an office about a year and a half ago, like because before we actually for four years we shared an office, so we didn't even have logistically the ability. Um, now we have our own space and the whole thing, but we've never really hosted a workshop. Everything we do is we go to them, we go to the gyms, we go to the golf places, we go to the yoga studios, and that's just what we've done. I'm not opposed to the other way; it just that's not have hasn't been how we've done it so far. That's awesome. Okay, awesome. All right. Uh, so you push people towards that free discovery session. Now, to do that, do you have somebody in the, is it best practice to have somebody there, a pimp as somebody would, as my friend would call it, with an iPad basically ready to schedule people? Do you have a clipboard? What, what have you found works best? We, we actually, it's a good question. We just changed this. The biggest thing for us, we either do one of two things. If you're the doc and it's just you, schedule them right there now make a note for yourself because now we got to make sure they show up so that you, you, when you leave, make sure they have a reminder and all of that type of thing. What we do is we have the iPad and we schedule them for a phone call with our staff to go through our process with the patient. And so we've tested a lot of different things like, Hey, we'll call you. Not a good idea. Uh, we'll schedule you right there. Good idea. We'll schedule for a phone call. Pretty good idea. And so, you know, and you know, this Josh, everything in marketing is a test. And so I, we always say, like, I kind of tell people, you're not gonna be able to prove me wrong. Cause I don't, oh, I don't think I'm right. Like, oh, you're wrong. I scheduled them on site and that was best. Good. Like, I'll try that too. Well, you just keep testing things. I was betting on being wrong too. I'm glad you bet on that too. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, that's just how it goes. And so, yeah. you know, and if someone's listening, they're like, I've done this and it's worked really well for us. Tell me, yeah. like, I, I want to see it too. Like there's a ton of different options, yeah. but if you got to do it enough to kind of test those, you know? Yeah. I love it. I the only it. so I want to just so, interrupt you on the pay yeah. th- that we didn't doing the pay thing, pay or not pay, because that's the question we get. And I yeah, yeah I want to want to clarify that I was actually going to jump to that. What we're saying here is, should you offer a paid workshop? So yes. the workshop itself is paid. Yes. So I want to understand that, and then also I want to know: does that change any of the follow up steps? Meaning, if they pay for the workshop, does that change what you schedule them for, what you're pushing them towards, etc.? Right. Before that, one clarifying picture, a question. Yes. If somebody were doing this in their own facility, so let's say they have a clinic gym, they have the space to put on workshops. We did this all the time. Mm-hmm. That person is physically already at your location. So you're not trying to get over that hurdle of them showing up to the discovery visit to get in. Would you eliminate the discovery visit? Would you just push them towards a visit? 
because we that's what we did. We would have workshops and say, that's why you should get this assessment we can sign you up for at the end of this. Yeah. Or that's why you should come to the clinic. We can get you signed up as a new patient. We try to drive them towards a service right then. Um, so my initial thought would be no, and here's why. Right, Our job is, at the ultimate goal is what? It's not to get them to an assessment. It's to get them to become a patient. And so- yeah, Sign up for the 15 or the 18, Sally to sign up for the 18 visit care plan. Yeah. And pay, that's the goal. Yeah, and so I would just, I would, again, I could be wrong, but I would venture to guess if you go right to one hour eval and treatment and at the end of it, you ask them for four grand and be like, hold on, I need some time to think about it, right? Yeah. And so rather yeah. than them telling us we need some time to think about it, let me put the time in for you to think mm-hmm. about it on that discovery visit so that we can yeah. do that. Now, if a lot of it is just, they're not aware. Now, if someone knows our prices, they know what it's like, they know all of that, then yes, yeah, skip the discovery visit. Like it's just a formality at that point. But right. if they have no idea how you work, they don't know about your insurance, they don't know what a normal plan costs and all of that. Now it's like, don't be surprised if at the end, like, oh, I got to talk to my wife or I don't have the money or I don't do this. Right, Those right, are right. not, that's not true. That's just what they told you because you didn't have the buying, the process. <laughs> right. I think it's important that people kind of zoom out and realize who's going to be. Because if all you did was invite people that are already patients of yours to this workshop you're offering on Saturday, okay, like you've already sold them as new patients. Like You don't need to do that. So maybe you're just trying to upsell a new service. Like that's yes. not a bad plan. We're saying here's, I know you're a um, a clinic patient, why you should, here? We want to talk about why you should join the gym. Okay, now you're trying to upsell them or trying to get more, but just zoom out and think of where you're at. The reason I ask, one of them that we did, we the most successful workshop I ever did. We were trying to get 12 women to come in for what we call the driving women's workshop. We had a golf pro, a fitness trainer, and me talking at this thing. It was a two hour workshop and it was paid. It was four twenty five or forty bucks. I can't remember. Um, forty bucks, right? Trying to get 12 people. Uh, if you know anything about women playing golf, distance is their, that's what they struggle with. If they can get more distance, man, they'll, they'll play a great round of golf. They're great. Them and everyone players. else, right? Yeah, well. Uh, anyways, yeah. So we had this all about getting women more driving distance. Out of the, for our goal was 12 people show up and we only had 42 women show up. Like it was, the place was packed. We had to, wow. we ran out of chairs. They had to sit on boxes. We ran out of boxes. They were sitting on benches. Women were standing in the back. I was like, holy crap, there's a lot. There's a little bit of desire here in the community, right? And nobody had offered anything to straight to women. And we were looking, there's all women who are in a, a golf uh, league or a country club or both. So they were playing at least two rounds a week, which is really good. We were trying to sell a $1,500 package at that thing. And we were talking about it in the presentation. Mm-hmm. And we sold like uh, five of them. So five times fifteen hundred is what is that? Seventy five hundred bucks. Yeah, seventy five hundred bucks. Yeah, out of the forty two people. So we thought we did really well. I just wonder if we could have sold more if we hadn't put up the barrier of hey, here's this huge price. Let's just get you in for an assessment. Thinking back to years, but at that point, uh, we were happy to take the seventy five hundred. And really, what should have happened is we should have just ran that thing every month. You know, Mm -hmm. so. Anyways, uh, it's all an experiment, and you can do it all. I'm not saying that will work for everybody. We just happen to have way more interest than we thought and sold way more packages than we thought. We were hoping to do it for 12 people and sell two. So yeah, we did all right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, all right, so should it be paid or not? Yeah, we get this a lot, and we've experimented with both. I will tell you, 
we typically, if we're going to a seminar at a gym, we ask the gym what they want to do. Because remember, have empathy. It's their it's their clients. And so the fact that if you th- if you think about being a gym owner, the fact that they're letting you come in and do something with their audience, like there's a level of trust that has to be there because you know those are people that pay them. And so to let them just walk, you walk in, I know you think you're great, but like if you go and do something stupid and they they lose clients because of it, that's going to be bad business for them. So we used to not do any of them paid. And then what happened was one of the gyms that we go to, the owner was like, oh no, we're going to do it paid because he's like, it just gives, they're going to be more likely to show up. And I'm like, well, dude, yeah, you're right. Follow your own rules. If people pay, they pay attention. And so even if it's 20 bucks, I don't think we've ever charged more than like, even the four week class, it was a hundred dollars. Like we're not making money on it. It was just to get that level of commitment that people are actually going to show up. Now, what we have started to do, which I think is an amazing idea and I love it is in my, in my Cairo and Acu practice, um, out Dr. Allison, she's like, has two dogs, Pitbull lover. She's an, she loves dogs. The gym owner at this CrossFit gym loves dogs, that whole thing. And so the seminars that she, do, that she does, they do charge and all the money gets donated to a charity. And so now it's like, we feel good about ourselves because we're donating. The gym is making themselves look good because they're donating. The cause gets it and the members still have to give something and it's for charity. So they're not going to think anyone's getting rich off the seminar. So if it were me and you asked me gun to my head, what would I do? That's what I would do. Charge and then tell them the money's going to whatever cause they want to donate towards. I love it. That's a, that's a little, a great little way to do it. In that seminar we did, we said, you know, this $1,500 package, we'll take whatever you spent today and apply it towards that. And then we did end up making, now that you're right, we made a donation to the league, the biggest league that most of those women were part of, the Southern Nevada uh, Ladies Golf Association. I can't remember what it is. It's like a ladies golf league in, in Las Vegas, Henderson area. Yeah. Um, and that just gets you that that buy-in and, and everybody feels good, but... I think the psychology of what it creates is well worth it. Well yeah. worth it. And I, and I think the idea too of, and this is, I preach this too, of like, we're all so afraid of money and, and, and all of that. At the end of the day, we're in business because we want to feed our families and make a living and provide a service to people. But if you can use your business to, to create something bigger than that, right? Like when we had our grand opening at our new practice, at our new office that we bought, we did, my my admin is type one diabetic, her husband's type one diabetic, her son is type one diabetic. And since the day she started with me seven years ago, she said, I'd always, I would always dreamed of doing like a run, like having a 5k to raise money for type one diabetes. And so we didn't do a run, but we had a raffle basket and we raised like three grand that day for type one diabetes. And so again, to get buy-in with your team, to have them feel like, man, I'm actually doing, I'm helping people. Not only that, but we're actually creating better, good, like good in the community. I think that's how you retain people. That's how people like being around you. The people are your clients and patients see that you're doing something good in the community. And it just, it's just an all around, there's no negative to it. And so I think, you know, I kind of joke with my mastermind, like, that doesn't happen if I don't have enough money to buy the space. And so if you think money's evil, then I'm, and I'm sorry, but like, I can't buy this space and do this fundraiser and give people money if I didn't have the money to start with. So true. So true. <laughs> All right. So let's recap because, man, we, we have covered so much here. To go, so we kind of went in reverse order, right? Part one was all sales. Second was marketing. Typically, yeah. the way it goes is you do marketing to lead to sales. Yeah. 
So maybe you need to listen to these in reverse order. Although I think in my experience, and I'd love to have your input, most rehab chiros are worse at sales than they are at marketing. Uh, I think most, no offense, they're not good at either. <laughs> um, some of them are, I would say some people are good at, uh, the ones that are good at marketing, mostly it's because they're aggressive. Uh, and I don't mean like like trying to get people in. It's that they take action and they're not lazy. Mm-hmm. The thing that I see a lot of times in that situation is they don't have any strategy behind it. It's just like a bull in a yeah. china shop. I'll just show up everywhere right. and do everything. And, and again, that's fine. And you see with social media, there's a line. If you just get above that line, you will inherently just by just sheer penetration. Yes. So if you post three times a day, every goddamn day of your life, like you're going to... You don't need a strategy because you just have numbers, but it's like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a, of a good, um, it's like carpet bombing. <laughs> We're just going to bomb until there's nothing living on the face of the earth. We'll know we got the enemy at, at that point, you know? Yeah. It's not the, it's very expensive and it takes a lot of time and you don't necessarily, it's not the smoothest road. Yeah. If you're not looking for that, I think the, the, the setting up a strategy is a fantastic way of doing it. So let's just talk about that real quick. Here's what we covered. A very effective way of getting more opportunities to sell is by offering workshops. But how you phrase things in the workshops, the way you organize it, and what you say is very important. We covered that in this episode. But basically, don't just give information. Make it clear as to the fact that you're an expert and demonstrate that through two simple things. Pain, asymmetry. This shouldn't hurt or this should feel exactly like the other side did. And they're like, oh, it doesn't. It's way tighter on this side. Cool. That's when you need me. Next up, uh, let me see if I can remember here. Not just pain. Oh, take the take the weight off and say most of you, eighty percent of you. Wh- what was the line again? Eighty percent of you are going to get everything you need from today's seminar and be just fine. But twenty twenty percent of you, twenty five percent of you, are probably going to need more help. You're going to get through this and be like, hey, I think there's something going on. Just talk to me after class. Okay, perfect. So you you do that. And then you have some method of driving them towards a commitment event. I'm using commitment event right now. And this is, what are we in? Mid-October of 2022. We reserve the right that Justin may change at any time. Uh, right now, what you're doing is driving people to a phone consult, committing, scheduling the time for a phone consult for your team to connect with them and set them up for that discovery visit. Yeah. Uh, but and- some people may do better with just setting up the discovery visit there. Just set something up at the end of it. Don't say, I'm just going to call you Monday, give me your number, right? Or worse than that, even worse than that would be, hey, let me know if you need me. You call me. Because yeah. that happens too. Or that uh, another synonym to that is when that attendee goes, that was great. You have a business card. Oh, God, you're right. Yeah, the worst. I don't, don't have, have, I don't have business cards. I don't have Kay. business cards. We don't do them. I refuse because of that right there. I'm not yeah. going to. Just you give me your information. Right. Because if you have their information, you can get active about it. If you hand them your business card, you have now let them dictate how you're going to do your your own business. So, which which will end up on their car floor, in the toilet, or in the garbage, or worse, maybe they litter with it. And there's no way they're going to. No one has a Rolodex anymore, dude. I was literally leaving a country club one time when I did a presentation. I handed out twelve cards. I I was walking to my car and I stepped on my own business card, and I was like, <laughs> "That doesn't feel good." Anyways, so you get active, you. You get to collect their information and schedule them for something at the end of the workshop. The ones that approach you, not everybody, but the ones that approach you, you schedule them for something. You got to figure out in your own life 
is it a phone call or a free discovery visit or what? Right. Yep. Yes. Cool. Yes. All right. And then you, regardless, you, regardless if they're scheduled that time, you have a system for following up until their feet are in your office, right? You're not just going to say, well, Jimmy, you're scheduled for 9 a.m. on Monday. I'll see you then, right? Uh, we have a system for that. And if they never show up, we have a system for that. We literally just like have a software. And I, my, my rule with follow-up, Josh, and again, people laugh, but I'm serious, is I will stop following up with you under two circumstances. Number one, you tell me not to, not going to be annoying. Or number two, I read your obituary. After, other than that, you're always going to hear from me. All right. I like it. Fully committed. Cool. So that's the workshop. So then they come in the office, right? Mm-hmm. We get them to do this discovery visit. Can we go over the high level steps of that so everybody kind of knows the context here? We let's yeah. say that somebody was I'm going to do a workshop every month in 2023, right? So 12 yeah. workshops. I got some gyms that'll let me do it. We do that. They cool. It worked. You every time you did a workshop, you got three people to show up to your office for a discovery visit. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Do not be that guy that's running to the goal line with the football and drops it at the five yard line, puts his hands up and says, I've, you know, touchdown. And it's yep. like, no. So how do you not fumble it there? Discovery visit, three steps, right? You let them know they're going to be ask you, ask you any questions they have about their specific injury. Number two, you're going to go through an, a, a, a detailed assessment with them. And then three, mm-hmm. you'll let them know if you think you can help and what their best next steps are. Okay. The goal at the end of the discovery visit is? Uh, a paid one session, paid evaluation treatment. So the value ladder, right? At their gym, that's very low, whatever. Next is- Low discover- commitment, low cost. Low, low, yeah. Now higher commitment, low cost, which is the discovery. discovery session. Now it's higher commitment, higher cost, 295, 300, whatever it is for uh, evaluation treatment, right? Coming back. And then from there, if they'd like, at the end, if they choose- uh, they can do a plan of care for a couple thousand bucks. So at every step, they're sort of building that on top of one another. Cool. All right. And that is a bulletproof, repeatable, uh, data accurate marketing and sales plan for a rehab chiropractor. It's the best. It's the, if you got into my head, one, if we could only do one thing in marketing, that's what we would do. Okay. The hardest, the hardest part there, honestly, w- once we have the script kind of thing now, like I know that if we can get people nude audience in the right audience to get in front of us there, we're going to make money. Like I know that the hardest part of this is because we do a decent amount of them and you know, we're a local business. There's only so many gyms that we mm-hmm. go to. And so what we sort of run into is kind of fatigue a little bit in that there's only so many. So that's at this point, the content is not the problem. It's the, it's just the, you know, you sort of potentially run out of of gyms. But that takes a lot. I mean, for most people listening, they, the problem they have, yeah, they're not fatiguing their market yet. They're not doing anything. Yeah. They haven't <laughs> penetrated at all. So I think that's fantastic. All right, man. Well, uh, and by the way, I had a friend that he was in the real estate business. Great friend. Unfortunately, he passed away. But uh, he had a real estate training thing and he did a similar model. So it was show up to this free free training. This is during the downturn of the economy. When the economy crashed in 07, it was learn how to do short sales, right? Mm. And if you know at the time, real estate agents were dying, right? So he had a ton of pressure in the market. So they show up for this free event and then they'd upsell him into training a group training and this software calculator to figure out what price you should put and how to figure out if a bank would take it or not. Anyways, it was just a perfect market media, you know, message match at the time. But his point was he tracked a person. He said, we had, I can't remember, 70% of our sales were, they attended the 
workshop one time and bought. 20% of their sales, they attended three or more and bought. So people, some people need to see the information over. It never changed. It was exactly the same workshop. He had one guy they tracked, signed up for 11 workshops, showed up, attended 11 workshops, and 10 of those times said, no thanks. And on the 11th time, the exact same message from the same speaker in the same slide deck and the same everything finally said yes. My point being, as soon as you think you've penetrated your market, you have not even gotten close. And as he told me, it's as effective, giving workshops is effective as telling your kids to say please and thank you one time. <laughs> right. And when you are fatigued from saying it, your kids are probably just about to use it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, don't yeah. get discouraged. Yeah. Our, our, our rule of thumb, just to kind of close off on all this in marketing, is first of all, you got to start with something, do something. Number two, to your point, do more of it. Just double down, triple down. Step mm-hmm. three, then we'll refine it and repeat it and do it that way. But start, like it. do more of it, then refine. I love it. All right, brother. Well, this has been two solid hours broken into two uh, episodes. Fantastic information for any rehab chiro out there. One more time, share your how people can get a hold of you because if this is a this is the little sampler platter. This is the Costco sampler. They want to go buy the thirty six pack of Rabinowitz, you know. So <laughs> let them do it. Um, at Justin Rabinowitz on Instagram. It's all business content at this point. And then my podcast, Business School for the Rehab Chiropractor. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much, Justin, for the time today. You, you're awesome. I love what you're doing. I love your mission and the fact that you're just a good dude. I really appreciate it. Hopefully we see each other out on the road again soon. On behalf of Justin Rabinowitz, this is Josh Satterly saying, go out there, maximize your license by doing workshops and prescriptive selling and live the life you dream of. Thanks so much, brother. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. Got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.